of Gavin with the Gala Sisters. You're going to spend the next few hours with us, so we advise you to get a cup of coffee, tea, juice, water, or your drink of choice, and maybe a snack. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rhea. And we're the Gala Sisters. We're actually Irish twins. Yeah, which means we're 15 months apart or less. So, just so you know, we always put a disclaimer at the beginning of these, saying that there are going to be spoilers about whatever we are talking about. So if you want to remain spoiler-free, then go watch or listen to what we're discussing in this case. Today, it'll be The Handmaid's Tale. So if you don't know what we're talking about, then go watch that. Maybe even go read the book and then come back here and listen. If you want to listen to what we have to say first and then go back and watch, I mean, that's totally up to you. That's fine either way, but don't say we didn't warn you. Also, there may be some swearing in here and some heavy topics, and we're not really going to censor ourselves as much as we would on YouTube. You might know us from YouTube as the Gal Sisters. However, here, we are going to do things a little more casually. So on that note, we'll take a look at, at the, the Handmaid's Tale. Well, The Handmaid's Tale, um, at least the first season of it, is based on a book written by Margaret Atwood. She wrote it in the 80s, I believe it was 1983, and she wrote it about a dystopian place. Um, it is really good, but it is a heavy watch. And also a heavy read, but it's important. Yes. Um, so basically, it centers around a woman by the name of June. She goes through several different names of Fred, of Joseph, because the handmaids are named after the commander that they are um, assigned to, yeah. and they're assigned to the commander. And these women are basically mistreated. They are basically forcibly raped. And Elizabeth Moss just does such a wonderful job playing June, and you can tell that she's enjoying it. We've watched interviews and read about Elizabeth Moss, and apparently she loves to nap. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's also, Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist, and we are not Scientologists, and we do not support Scientology. She was also married to Andy Samberg for a while, or they were dating her. Yeah. They and were together for, it was a while. But we don't believe in boycotting art because of the artist's personal beliefs. No, that would be very wrong. As Maynard says, or no, who quoted that? Uh, you know, if, if you do that, then you got to throw away all of your DVDs, all of your CDs, never listen to music again, never read a book again, because... Never watch the news again. Yeah, a lot of these creators have very controversial points of view in their personal lives. You know, don't go read Harry Potter because there's all sorts of things going on there. I mean, don't just be, you know, maybe just don't exist. Don't throw people away just because you disagree with them or don't support their religious beliefs. So it's mostly focused on, like we said, June Osborne. Um, in the book, she is, and in the show too, she's also, she's separated from her family because in Gilead, which is what the United States is called, and this beautiful, awful, dystopian world um, is overrun by commanders, and the new rule is if you were cheating or divorced or even gay, 
you couldn't uh, do much of anything. They would give you choices. You would get to be handmade. You, you could go to Jezebel's. You could work there, and, you, and then you could, uh, or you go to the colonies. Um, so the women were divided into handmaids, aunts, Marthas, econo wives, and commander's wives. They all wear different colors. The wives wear teal. The handmaids wear red. The Marthas wear green, and the econo wives wear stripes. At least in the movie, in the book, it's very different. Yes, and I think that the colors, uh, color coding people, really keeps people separate and in their groups and in their little boxes, and it establishes caste and class and really separates people instead of bringing them together and while they may have actually been producing more children which was their goal they were creating an extremely hostile environment for children and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later after we go through what's going on here but there are people in this world who truly believe that Gilead is how reality Yes, and then there's the ants. The ants teach the handmaids how to be. The ants are women who are highly respected. Uh, the head ant in this book and movie is Aunt Lydia, who was played by the amazing Ann Dowd. I think she did an amazing job on that role. She really threw herself into that role, and Ann Dowd, I mean, all respect to her, she, she plays a true radical. Yes. And she is truly blinded by Gilead and its laws and its philosophy. And some of these people, I think they know what they're doing is wrong, but they enjoy having that power. Aunt Lydia doesn't know. No, I mean, there's there's other aunts like Aunt Elizabeth. And also in the pilot, Margaret Atwood, who wrote the original book it was based on, played an aunt. Mm -hmm. and, and she had to slap some people. And she hated it. And she went on record and said that she did not enjoy even acting violent towards anyone, but she did it because she loved her book and she wanted to get the message out there. <laughs> and then there was the colonies, where a lot of women went. Even in in the in one of the series, one of the seasons, in one of the episode, a wife, a commander's wife, wound yeah. up in the colonies because they broke the rules and. But honestly, Gilead is full of rules. You know, the handmaids, they, once a month, they do what's called a ceremony and make it clean. And they take a bath and they get to look pretty and then they get to do the ceremony, which is where the wife grabs a hold. In the book, she really went over this, where the wife grabs a hold of the uh, handmaid and the handmaid straddles the uh, commander. Mm -hmm. And then Basically, they have sex, so they're like, so the women, the woman and the handmaid are one. Also, they're holding that woman down. Yep, they are forcibly breeding. Yes. Now, how June became a handmaid was she was in a relationship with a man named Luke. Luke is given a last name in the in the show, but he does not have a last name in the book. No, June. Uh, Luke's last name is Dangle. Something like that. In the book, he's just known as Luke. Because in the book, we don't know if Luke is dead or alive. We don't know. But in, 
in the show, they keep cutting back to Canada where he escaped and he's alive and well. But in the book, we don't know what happened. He is played by, you're going to have to say that. Uh, he's played by O.T. Sag Benkel. So his last name in the show is Luke Benkel. And I'm so sorry, O.T. I am butchering your last name. But we're kind of used to it. So mm-hmm. welcome to the club. And then the main commander is a man by the name of Commander Waterford. Fred Waterford. Now he's pretty, now he's a kind of a weird commander because in both the book and the movie, there's a, there's a, several scenes where he starts inviting June to go on these elaborate dates with him and play Scrabble. And women were not allowed to read. I mean, it was punishable by cutting off your fingers, which happened to his wife later on. And like I was saying, the difference between these commanders and eyes and someone like Aunt Lydia is he knows what he's doing is wrong and he does not believe in it. Now, Serena Joy believes in it, but he did not. And he, if he truly believed it, he would not have been allowing his handmaid to play Scrabble or go to Jezebel's with him. Or, you know, stay the night in a hotel with him. No. And then it cuts back to these other scenes where she has a friend, where June has a friend by the name of Moira. In the, you know, in the book, the one of the last scenes is, is that she finds Moira. They talk in the bathroom, and then June disappears and is never heard of again. In the book, somebody found these tapes. They just were some tapes that somebody found. And it's interesting because in throughout the series, they do have a tape. Like there's a scene where a group, a bunch of tapes are delivered to Luke. Much like the Handmaid's Tale was written, I think that was a nod in the series. I think the it book. was. I think it to was the book. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't it have been? And we read this book in high school and loved it. And we read this book for fun. For fun, yeah. And I think you actually read it. Rhea read it a few more times than I did. But we both were just fascinated with it. And we've read it a couple times as adults too. And there were just so many lessons in here. I think that then, then the main commander's wife is one of the Serena Joy. Serena Joy Waterford was one of the architects of Gilead. Like the person who wrote all the laws and she went to all these rallies and things to kind of start to change things. So I, and I think you did too, mm-hmm. Rachel, believed that she was the root of all evil. We, when we were children, we would try to scare each other and say, you know, if you don't give me your last bite of food, Serena Joy is going to come for you. <laughs> we must threaten each other with her because we were scared of her. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was nasty. She, and then when they did subsequently find out in, in the, um, the book and the, in the movie, when she was sneaking out, when June was sneaking out with the commander, it was found out, she was found two very different ways. There was a lipstick on his collar, and then she got in, in the book, and then she got makeup on the cloak in, in the series. So it was a little bit different. Yeah. And most movies that are based on books end up being a little bit different. And she's played by Yvonne Strahovski, who is Australian. Yeah, and she, she really did a good job of scaring me. Uh, yeah. She's so rigid and seductive and just manipulative. and. Oh, Lord. And there's, in this last season, um, when June was testifying about 
all the crimes that were committed against her and that she saw. She was speaking about Serena, and she warned the investigators, Serena will draw you in, and she will trick you. And Serena just wants to feel good and will do anything in order to chase that feeling. And she doesn't care who she hurts. It's all about her. And that's why we see her run right back to Fred. Yeah, I mean, she and Fred do wind up in in a scuffle, mm-hmm. and they wind up not being together. And Serena Joy, this is out of the book now. Yeah. This is, the book is no we're longer. Past we're book. past the book. And um, she winds up pregnant with Fred's baby, which seems very strange because they hired a handmaid. And some of those commander's wives could have their own children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there was the Econo wives. And the Econo wives were much poorer women. They were women who didn't have a lot. And at one point in time, there's this other guy, but Nick, who later becomes a commander who was in the Gilead Crusades. Now, who was Nick played by? Uh, Max Mengela. And he, when I was a kid, I mean, you were, when we read this for the first time, I thought that Nick was kind of a, um, maybe like the anti hero, because he just wanted her to be safe. And she winds up pregnant with his kid instead of the commander's kid, which. Yep. I could never figure out exactly why that was. And Serena Joy arranged for it to happen. She set them up together and they ended up liking each other, and, falling yeah. in love. And basically, he mar- Nick winds up marrying this woman who is going to be his econo wife. And wives in Gilead usually started out pretty young. Yeah. It was kind of disgusting. Oh, God. And um, oh, she, man, falls, brutal. she falls in love with this other guy. And what happened? So they try to run away together. But you can run very easily from Gilead, and they're caught. And they said, you must renounce each other and renounce your love. And people are like, just do it. Just lie. Pretend pretend, and say, I don't love each other anymore. And they refused to. And they said, we will kill you if you don't. And they refused to again. And there's just this horrific scene. and. Gilead pretend that they're so just and godly and they're just nasty. What they do is they tie weights to them and toss them into a pool in front of everyone. That's kind of gross. And drown them together. That was kind of gross. It was kind of disgusting. Oh, God. It really made my heart sting. I was like, okay, really? Like, you know, you could, but... And then there was the colonies. And colonies were really bad. They would basically force you to work in fields in not very good conditions where you exposed to all this nasty stuff, chemicals, chemicals and all kinds of things. A lot of the women who were in the colonies wound up dying. Yep. And then there was this other handmaid by the name of Janine. And Janine is really good friends with June. I don't know if they were friends before they were handmaids or if their friendship was really after for a while, they were shopping partners with this handmade shop in groups of two. Two by two. And they, they stay in groups of two. And Janine was bad when she was in handmade training school, I guess we'll call it that. <laughs> and the ants uh, destroyed her eye. And then she tried to jump with a kid after she had a kid, remember? Yeah. But she didn't think it was fair. Like suicide. Like suicide with the kid. Yep. 
until, like, for example, with Bridget, they got June to kind of talk her down. Because June really showed herself to be the alpha, the lead handmaid. Yes. And then um, she wound up in the colonies along with another girl by the name of Emily. And they were in the colonies for a little while. And then the ants decided that there were so few handmaids that they went and got those two girls. Yeah. So Janine is played by Madeline Brewer. Who did a great job. Emily was played by Alexis Patel, who's probably most famous for being uh, Rory Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls. Very famous for that. So, actually, and I think she was in Madden, too. They delayed this last season due to COVID because people were afraid. Like we're saying, only a certain amount of people were allowed to go to the grocery store. And that was our reality for a while. You guys, we got so close to Gilead. It isn't even funny. But even then, that's just a regular pandemic response. And they didn't want people to get carried away in comparing it to Gilead. However, we would argue that it went beyond just a regular COVID response, that the politics that came into play nearly dragged us right into Gilead. Because remember, Gilead started because of a pandemic. Because mm-hmm. everybody was getting sick. Yes. And a lot of women became sterile because of it. Yep. And June actually got in trouble for sending Hannah to school with the cold. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, in the book, we don't know what happened to her. We see a picture, we hear about a picture of her. But in the series, we see Serena Joy get angry with June and go visit her. And then she gets to visit her daughter Hannah, now renamed Agnes. And we don't really know. And in the beginning, women, handmaids were deprived of things like cigarettes and cookies. And in the book, she's given a cigarette. And in the show, she's given a cookie. Yep. I've read the book so many times, I can think about it on the top of my head. Oh. And I just thought that was really interesting. It was like a different type of thing, but it was the same. And, you know, the, the commanders and the commander brother are always smoking. Always. Yeah. Always smoking. I think that they just needed some sort of release. Yes. And then the reason why Emily was sent to the uh, colonies is because she was gay. And she had a relationship with one of the Marthas. And the Martha wound up on the wall, which is where you went with sheet over you, you know, covering up your crime, like the child. Um, uh, another woman. Another woman. Another <laughs> woman. Um, <laughs> A traitor, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, and they hang up on the wall, and they get to see. Now, in the book, June is constantly searching for Luke, scared that he's going to go onto the wall. She's constantly. I mean, that's just, and she said, I don't know what, and she, I guess we're made to understand that we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But this last season, when the animals all beat Redwater for the death, I mean, they put him on the wall. Josephine will make him down his back. He is a wonderful villain. Oh, he was he was the villain. He was one of the villains in uh, American Horror Story uh, Asylum. And I read, and I've seen on a couple of YouTube videos, that Joseph Fiennes does not allow his wife to watch the stuff that he plays villains because he doesn't want her to see him like that. I don't blame him. He does a really good job. I would like to meet him in real life and see what he really is like. And he's a couple of brothers, too, who are also in it, I think. Yeah. So... It's this last season. I mean, 
every single season is this way, but this last one in particular felt very violent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a point where the handmaids that had ran away with June and escaped for a while were caught. Yeah, well, they went they went through Mayday. Yep, they went through Mayday, which would be very similar to the resistors on Twitter, is what I'm talking about. And <laughs> they're caught through a series of unfortunate events. And one of them involves the Yeah. Well, they see their opportunity to escape. And they are running away from Aunt Lydia and a single guard. And the guard starts shooting at them and they get hit. The majority of them get hit by a train or die from being shot. That's disgusting. And, really and there's a lot more other stuff that happened this last season that was really violent. There was a situation where June was caught mm-hmm. and they were like, where are the girls? Where are they? Where are the girls? Because they, they, yeah. they were staying with the commander and his wife. And his wife was a child. Yep. Mrs. Keys was a child. Yeah. A flip. And she was like, she wanted to get Dave with all the commanders who tried to rape her. And mm-hmm. she wound up killing her own commander. Yep. And then um, the handmaids went on the run. And then they showed June her daughter. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, they're at X place. Doesn't matter where they were. And then they were all caught. And Aunt Lydia decides they're going to go to a Magdalene college, mm-hmm. which is where the women get to work in the fields. And the uh, commanders and commander's wife get to decide the person. There, like they're not of blah 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 anymore. Yep. And it's just really like well, not. and they also, in an effort to break June, they take other women and toss them off a building. That's disgusting. And June it refuses to be broken and says, you know, I will not tell you where they are. And they're like, well, then other people are gonna die, and she just. Re- won't do it until they basically insinuate because Gilead doesn't like to get their hands dirty. They they like to make it seem like they're doing something wonderful. They insinuate that they will hurt her own daughter. And then, you know, meanwhile, she's given, June has given birth to another um, child by the name of Nicole. Mm-hmm. And in that scene, there was, there, to be able to show that she gave birth alone in this house, and in that scene, there was a, um, baby that was born and I read in a article about the handmaid's tale that well Elizabeth Moss thought that was gross because they put cream cheese and jelly on the baby. <laughs> you wanna talk about that? That's really funny. Did you know that, that? girls actually I did not know that. <laughs> That's disgusting. Put cream cheese and jelly on a baby. I don't blame her for thinking that's gross. She directed a lot of the episodes too. Yeah. That. How gross is that though? Ugh. I would probably get sick. Mm-hmm. I probably would too. <laughs> Never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. But like the weird thing that they do with movies and TV shows to show things. Yep. They don't make any sense. No, they don't. Like the cabbage flavored cigarettes. <laughs> yep, I've heard of that. That's another thing. Oh, I know. And even just fake packs of blood. Yeah, they put like pop packets of blood mm-hmm. in their mouths and yep. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so eventually, through a series of unfortunate events, June and Janine wind up alone, just the two of them. And they um, escape in this, like, 
truck, like in the train, like a milk train car. Yeah. It's kind of gross, actually. Oh, God. And, I mean, can you imagine how horrible they smelled eventually? Probably really bad. And then they got out, and they were looking for more people and made it. But But they found vagabonds. Yeah, and the guy was like, well, they were just have food. If one of you staying with me, mm-hmm. that was disgusting. Yep. Oh, God. And June is, she's like, okay, I'll sleep with you. And then she's like, I can't. And then Janine warns up doing it. And yeah. then Janine, like, I'm in love with him. And then they go to this, like, auction and they, like, sell their handmade cloaks. Yep. As weird as that sound. They, like, sell their I guess handmade was hard to get hold of. Cloaks. And they, um, they got, like, the guy a present or something. And then she decided that June was better off having mm-hmm. a gift. And then she meets Janine again. And then she and Janine are running. And then there's, through a weird series of events, June's friend from pre-Handmade Times Moira, played mm-hmm. by Samira, Samira Wiley. Wiley, who is gay in real life, also played a gay woman, which was, I think, her crime. That yes. she was married to another man because women couldn't even own property. That was illegal. And she winds up in Canada, but she still wants her daughter. And yeah. the Waterfords are in Canada, and they're being held prisoner. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot. It's there's a, a very, there's a lot of details. It's a very intricate um, series of events. I mean, it's a very intricate story. It's really good. I mean, it'll really make you think. And as you guys can see, or hear, I guess, from these podcasts that we're making, is that we like TV and films that make us think. And it's like this, or like when, when June becomes the succubus, and she's the, suck, the, the seductress, she starts seducing friends. And he thought, because he had such a god complex, he thought that June was really in love with him. He thought that when she spoke out against him, she was just acting. And he's like, no, we got something special. I know it. He, he just didn't realize that she was manipulating him and using his lust for her as a survival mechanism. Yeah, she knew how to, she knew everything about him. She'd spent a long time with him. She'd spent time alone with him. So she knew all of his weaknesses, all of his um, things that made him take sick. Yeah, basically. She knew, you know, when you spend enough time alone with someone, you tend to know how they are. Whether it be Rachel's Rachel's or my ex-husband, or whether it be somebody like that. And it's pretty nasty. Like, And then there's like these like, like recovery group when they're in Canada and June has has, has seeked asylum so there's nothing they can do and they just kind of are like oh, okay well we just gotta let her be and then there was an aunt who tried to apologize to Alexis Fidel's character Emily wouldn't accept her apology but I think the point that they're making with June being unable to force herself to sleep with that guy the vagabond the leader of the vagabonds and then seducing Fred but not being able to produce a child for him but she had children with Nick and with Luke is that I think that there's a subtle point that June couldn't have children with someone she didn't love. Yeah. She wasn't able to. 
and that's not the case for every single woman, but I think that their point with June was that she couldn't because then Serena was able to get pregnant by him. So obviously he didn't have uh, any problems with that. Mm -hmm. But in her own way, June is supposed to be somewhat larger than life and superhuman. Yeah, I mean, and then when they capture Mrs. Keyes and they turn her into a handmaid. Yeah. And she won't eat. No. And Janine somehow magically gets her to eat. Because she kind of takes over June's spot. Because yeah. June taught her well. It'll be interesting to see where she goes. I mean, I think there's one more season. Yeah. And then there's going to be the spinoff, which is the other book that we have yet to read. And we will. Or at least hope we'll listen to it on Audible. Yeah. It'll be easier for us. It's intense. It's the mo one of the most intense stories ever, but gotta remember, these are important stories because you have to read them. You have to understand. There are joke accounts on Twitter about Gilead. There are, there are things like the, you know, the wing, the wings that handmaids mm -hmm. wore, you know, the white bonnets that they wore where they couldn't see anything. And people were like, well, they're great for social distancing because nobody wants to approach that type of person. And that's really scary to think about that. And there are people who would love to have people put into casts like they are in Gilead and have, you know, readers and high-ranking wives and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I think for Rachel and I, we would like them calling immediately. There's no, it's, it is what it is. And go to our YouTube channel if you care. But that is something that, like, you do have to at least think about. And we hear a lot of people discussing uh, 1984 and Brave New World and using those as examples of um, places that we don't want to go. And I have read the, both of those and they do have very important lessons and warnings in them. However, I think that Handmaid's Tale touches on something that in a way that these other books don't. Isn't The Handmaid's Tale based on a wizard organization called The People of Hope? Yeah. Or something like that? Something like that. And there are religious cults out there that do practice these beliefs and on some level. And I wouldn't know to what level because I've never been a part no, of No, no. But, but Handmaid's Tale does it on a different level because it focuses so heavily on how much some groups want to control women and how much women in particular would suffer in the likes of a land as Gilead. I mean, just look at us. I mean, we're two very well self-taught, educated women. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be allowed to be that way. No. It would be illegal for us to read. And what would we do all day? I don't know what we would do. Probably smoke like Serena. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just during the season where uh, June was Elizabeth Moss's character was pregnant, Yvonne really was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where June sets a house on fire. And that actually happened to Yvonne in real life. <laughs> and I just think this. And she said she knew what to do because she had filmed as Serena Joy. <laughs> Did you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Little tidbits that we or but the cast doesn't hate each other. No, they they bust they bust into like dancing and they like dance and have a good time and, and laugh on set all day. Very much unlike the Glee cast. <laughs> yeah, they like they like there's like a. 
there's like a scene of that, like a viral mm-hmm. scene of that dance doing like a like a dance, like a like a flash mob dance. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Uh, I think so. And it's just really hilarious, and it's funny to see the behind the scenes inner workings of the cast. And it's been really nice to see like what happened after the book ended. Yeah, because you always wondered, like, you know, she just kind of like left into the night, and that was the way that what happened to Luke. We didn't know. I mean, I mean, this is all. Margaret Atwood is an executive producer on the show, and I think that's why it's been so good, even after they abandoned the book, because Margaret Atwood is still right there, exactly. advising them. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when movies and series do that, it just is terrible. It's like, well, then the book ended, and they were like, we don't know what to do next. Yeah, and it, that's and that's what makes this stand out. No, this is it's not for the faint of heart. You don't want to watch it if you're, you know easily you know upset or you know going through a hard time you don't want to watch it but that was always the book that i always turned to even in my life when things got dark that book was always very thick it was always next to me it's probably my favorite book it's definitely my favorite too it's really good and there is a movie about the handmaid's sale too i've never seen it but it stars natasha richards as june Ooh. I've never seen it, but I know we'll have to watch it. Yes, we will. And maybe. we will let you all know what we think. Yeah. But these stories are not just stories. They're based in reality, like V for Vendetta or Hamay's Sale in 1984 or that one that Chris Cuomo talked about back in 1934. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, or, you know, all these stories or child of, or children of men, you know, we're not that far off from here. No. I mean, we had a attempted coup on our government. That could have been the Gilead Crusades. I don't know. I, I don't. And we're trying not to get into politics on here, but you can't talk about the Handmaid's Tale without inserting a little bit of political commentary. Well, no, it's just, it is what it is. And if you don't like it, we're, we don't apologize. No! It's part of our history. It's part of who we are. You can't deny what is seen before your eyes. Well, no. If you can see. I mean, and the other thing is, too, is that I remember seeing a lot of posts about if things go much worse, this is our future. And we want to prevent that from being the future. I mean, they, people have tried to make it legal for doctors to deny care to people who are different, who are transgender or gay. And we had to decide who got medical treatment like who would have the best quality of life if they lived and people like my own daughter who is autistic were turned away from covid treatment i mean you guys do not know like just what's lurking and i uh, it was so funny to hear someone here called the handmaids 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 oh my god (laughs) no and all the a lot of the names in there come out of the bible the handmaids, the Marthas. I mean, I'm not religious in any way, but I definitely read the Bible at times. It really shows the dangers of religious extremism. Yeah. You know, and, or like that backstory about Aunt Lydia and how she became Aunt Lydia. That she would, she was helping take care of that kid. Remember? Mm-hmm. And she was. He first called her Aunt Lydia. And I think that's another reason why you and I shout from the rooftops that one in ten women has endometriosis. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what endometriosis is, it is a reproductive disorder that we both have. Yeah. And 
we need to do something about it. We right. don't want to get to a point where we're like, ah, we need more children. Yeah, or people with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. I mean, we don't have it, but we know people that do. Mm-hmm. However, there is a pretty easy solution to creating babies that the handmade scale doesn't address is uh, petri dish babies. <laughs> well, it yeah, doesn't like talk I mean, about that. Do you remember when June's shopping partner, her name, I can't remember her name, um, had uh, that was pregnant? And she went crazy and they grew the baby and they kept her alive just long enough for the baby to, she put her on life support just, and June had to sit there because it was her shopping partner because Aunt Lydia yep. made her. Like, think about the things these aunts are making people do. They're disgusting. Yeah. I mean, in the book, when the aunts talk, you know, they have all, they have a film strip and they have all the stuff crossed out and they still talk, they talk about June's mother. They really do. June's mother, she was in the book too. I remember that. Was a activist. And, you know, she did like take back the night rallies and stuff where she would take June with her. And then, you know, like over time we're we're allowed to understand that her mother died in the colonies. Yep. And that's just horrible. It's awful. And no one should have to go through this. And the part that nobody ever explained was how did Lydia get away with getting divorced and not being that's what you and I always wondered. It doesn't make, they don't, they never explain that. They never explain that, and it just doesn't make logical sense. I guess I postulate that she was just so useful and so good at her job. I guess. But they don't seem to care about that normally. <laughs> they care more about your sin than your skills. I just, or she, what if she shouldn't have been a handmaid or got of the colonies? I would also like to observe the one of the stark differences between Canada and Gilead is that in uh, Canada they had cell phones and they had electronics, TVs, and in Gilead it was like stepping into the past and it was very archaic. Yeah, they had electricity, but you know it was just. It was like they went backwards in time. And even the architecture was severely different. Like the rooms that the uh, Waterfords were held in were very gray and modern and sleek and just uh, uh, very nice, actually. Yeah. And, you know, you go to these like old, old fashioned houses and like, stuff like that in Gilead. You just didn't see that type of technology and architecture there. That's and weird. Oh, you want to stay in the past so much? And you think you'd make more babies if you went into the future? The other thing that that I observed was that the handmaids wore those boots that looked like the boots that prisoners wear. Yes, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And the and the commanders' wives all wore heels. Yeah, and you could hear them clacking as they walked away. I thought that was really interesting that they were like treated like prisoners. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, there were things like if you went to June's room, like there were places where the mirrors used to be. Yeah, that's right, because mirrors were not allowed. Another thing that was very interesting is that when a handmaid did get pregnant, the wife got to have a shower. Yes. And then when the baby was born, all the wives, like the wife and her friends, would come over and they would birth the baby together. And then they would give all the credit to the wife and say, the wife birthed the baby. 
that they would completely take it away from the handmaid. And oftentimes, they would separate the baby immediately. I mean, from sometimes the sometimes the handmaid got to nurse them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they let them, and it was really up to the wife, whatever she wanted to do, because it was her baby. But remember, she held that handmaid down while she was raped. And that's kind of gross. So she was the one that conceived the baby. In the book, June refers to it as, this is how I was fucked. Yeah. That's how she refers to it. And it's kind of, it's just mm-hmm. kind of. And then they had that other commander she was with, who was much nicer. The mm-hmm. like, commander, uh, Joseph Barnes, who was much nicer. And she was of Joseph. She was of Joseph. And that he... Try, he got some of the women out and he, was, and he helped people escape. I mean, that's what he was doing. He was part of May Day. And, or like when Janine stabbed or stabbed Aunt Lydia. Yep. And Aunt Lydia somehow survived the stabbing. Yep. That was really amazing. Or like when the handmaid was pregnant, you know, like Aunt Lydia came to their house to see how their handmaid was doing. Joseph was a very interesting character because he has a lot of attitude. He is played by Bradley Whitford. Probably best known for uh, Billy Madison. And he was also on the West Wing. Yeah. He, he's, he's aged a lot. And oh, he, and he was in the cabin in the woods. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that oh, don't worry. Stick around, guys, for October and we're going to have some fun things for you. But like, it's just but he was like trying to help people, and his wife didn't want to do the ceremony. And then there was a point in time when the Waterfords came over, mm-hmm. and they uh, forced them to do it. And he didn't want, and the doctor had to like make sure that it actually happened. Yeah. And I don't think they did the ceremony in the traditional way. No. But and then she died because she just couldn't handle it. No, she was supposed to be very mentally unstable. Which, I mean, I don't blame her. <laughs> and then the Waterfords also have that handmaid, the handmaid, and Martha by the name of Rita. Mm-hmm. And Rita escapes to Canada with them. And Rita's in, Rita's in most of the series. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we would be remiss to talk about all the children that June helped on that plane. June helped so many of them. And some of them couldn't survive because they were used to this elaborate, wonderful, glorious lifestyle that the wives Yeah, they had trouble adjusting. Them. And then when Serena Joy got pregnant, one of the other um, uh, wives came to see them in Canada and said, we'll take your kid. Send your kid down to me and I will take really good care of your child. <laughs> and Serena's like, um, what did you just say to me? That was just really strange. And, you know, show movies and shows and books like this are the reality that we all need to be slapped in the face with. I mean, when the police were mistreating people, they were calling them commanders. Don't worry, the the, the guild of fake Gilead account. Yeah. Don't worry, you know we will take care of you. We of Gilead are here for you. Voices yeah. of Gilead. Oh yeah, on Twitter. And there was a while when in Portland there were unmarked police just picking up protesters off the street, and we don't know what happened to some of those people. Yes, and there were the eyes, the eyes. The eyes. We didn't talk about the eyes yet. The eyes were Gilead's police. Mm-hmm. They were very rude, very disrespectful. They didn't have any manners. They would push the handmaids around. They would make sure that the handmaids stayed in line. And there was a day when June went out shopping, and she and her shopping partner were talking, and the eyes didn't let them go to the store. 
Nope. And <laughs> remember whenever they spoke in their little walkie-talkie? <laughs> and now whenever we hear that walkie-talkie-talkie, we're like, the eyes, the eyes are talking. <laughs> yes, you now know one of our little secrets between our sister talk. Yeah, and it's just... The eyes were like what it was, what it, what they looked like, what they actually sound like. They were like the people who were the eyes of Gilead. Yeah, there is just no difference. Or like June met that nice taxi driver who that happened in the book too, um, where he took her to his house and she was hiding and she attempted to escape wearing his wife's clothes and she was killed and put on the wall. Yeah, that was pretty horrible, gruesome. I mean. They would do horrible, gruesome things. Or, like, there's that scene where, like, the handmaids are watching someone who harmed a child be on the, I think it's in one of the very first episodes. Yeah. Where they were, like, hurting a child, and, you know, the handmaids were, you know, sitting there, and they had their, like, they took their little bonnets off. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the really interesting things was, too, there were echoes of the before times, like June's red sweatshirt. Nope. I never saw another handmaid wear a red sweatshirt. No. Must have been something she got to keep for the dress. Yeah? What do you think? I think you're right. This was just a, a, a series that you should probably watch. I think you don't watch it alone. Yeah, and we say that a lot, but we really do mean it because it's good to have someone to process it with you and to maybe talk to you about it, and if you need a break, you know, give it a few weeks, maybe, and don't watch it when you're really upset. That might not be a good idea, or if you're really scared. Yeah. Scared of something for some reason. Yeah, and, and we do watch a lot of TV. We watch a lot of, like, the really, really, really good stuff. The stuff that matters. The stuff that is kind of scary. I mean, the Henry Sale is not for the faint of heart. No. Like, if you, you know, cry easily, maybe don't watch it. I mean, we cry easily. We do. But we know how to handle it. We know how to handle We know how to handle ourselves. We're not really that afraid of things. We're just, we understand that this is a part of history. And it is. it could be a potential future history. And we're scholars. We love to learn. And we enjoy facts. And we come from a family of philosophers, and we both did really well in our classes on philosophy. And we like to think outside the box, and we like to think about the, what will we become if we do this? What are the potential consequences of our actions? Or what can we learn from the past? Like, our dad has a degree in history. Ancient history. Yeah. And the anthropology. So we come by it honestly. Uh, but. Some might refer to us as nerds, but that's really a phrase that was from the 90s and is outdated now because I think that people have more of a respect for education and for people who continue to go out there and love for knowledge and love learning. And we're lifelong learners, and I think that it explains why we like a lot of the people, celebrities that we like, because we don't necessarily we also don't want to be we're square pegs that can't fit in the and I think that some people are intimidated by us 
it, because we do enjoy things that other people don't enjoy. And some people have accused us of being snobby. And please don't let our intelligence and our philosophical minds scare you off. We actually are very nice people if you get to know us. We are hesitant to trust people because there are people out there who really want Gilead. Mm -hmm. And being who we are, we have to be careful. And we have to be, like we said before, the colonies are where we're destined to go. And, you know, those women, no one cared if they lived or died. No one cared. And those people would go into mass graves. And that would be the end. And I think it also just shows how feared intelligent women are. Exactly what we are. Because men, men can be smart and intelligent, but women, when we start learning, we change everything. And I think the rally part of it, the rallies, we're yeah. big rally people. The take back the night rallies, yeah, we're big time rally people. We love rallies, especially virtual rallies. It's one of our favorite things, mm-hmm. and we'll never stop loving. It. And I think book and this movie and even in this show spoke to us in a way that it might not speak to you. Yeah. In much the same way that we talked about Poe's last week. Yeah. You know, and if it doesn't, that's okay because we're all entitled to our worldview as long as we're not going around trying to take away other people's rights and hurt each other. As long as we don't become Gilead. Be aware it exists. Yes. And we we need to be aware of how disgusting humans can go and will go to prove their point. And some of the, even some of these people who, you know, even the women, and, you know, not being able to read, that would scare me. Like, a, I know we already said that, but it would scare me. I would be lost because I need, my brain needs those tools. And I love to write. Oh, God, so why? It is my outlet. And we do write together. Uh, sometimes one of us takes the lead more so than the other, but we do write everything together. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously, and you know, you guys gotta remember that we're gonna put a corresponding blog post, but it might take us a few days. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna do it today. So just please be patient with us. We're still getting this started. We're getting the ball rolling. We're doing the best we can. We're very passionate about it, and we're very much enjoying letting you have a glimpse into our brains. Our brains are very complicated, and some cases. And I think that sometimes people call us snooty or stuck up because they just don't understand where we're coming from, and they don't know they don't know how to put a word to it, so they just slap a label on it that first comes to their minds, and. Some of this stuff that we're saying is just going to go above your head, and I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm really not sorry, but it is, what it, is. it is what it is, and I can't dumb it down anymore for you. I've dumbed this down to the point at which I can't. Yeah, and if you don't understand, then go, I don't know, watch Elmo. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that we expressed ourselves very clearly and went over the major plot points that really stood out to us. So guys, we're going to end this podcast here. But of course, I need to remind you of a couple of things. We host podcasts 
every single Tuesday. They're available on most major podcast outlets, and as time drags on, they'll be on more and more. We are also YouTubers, which we post videos every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and on Saturday. There are usually, or a lot of times, a rally for a New York competition. And we also can be found on Twitter at the Gala Sisters, on Instagram at the Gala Fam, and Facebook at the Gala Sisters. And we also have a blog where we will post about what we're talking about. It may not be word for word, and we may not cover all the points, but we're doing the best we can so that people who cannot hear can at least have something to do. And that's at www.thegalasisters.com. So you should check that out. There's also a couple other blogs out there if you want to see what we're all about. I mean, it's it it's up to date. We do put a lot of work into it, and we do it all ourselves. Everything is done ourselves. Every edit, every single thing, every recording, all the research, we've done it ourselves. So if you have any feedback, let us know, and make sure that you are subscribing and following our podcast so you don't miss an and if you want to send us a note, you can always email us at thegalafam at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again next week. Bye! Bye.